Welcome back to the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm Steven Jensen. Today I have Doug Bateman joining the show. Doug is most known for his work on YouTube. Back in the day, he was one half of the infamous Bill and Doug, the YouTube shooters, who at one point were probably the most well-known professional wrestling fans on the entire internet. And that's not an exaggeration. Doug is somebody that I really took a lot of inspiration from when starting my own podcast, and a lot of my quote-unquote fandom will shine through during this episode. But we talk a lot about a lot of stuff. We have a lot in common, so it's always a really fun, dynamic interview because we have a lot that we can talk about, and it's very easy. Uh, He's a major fan of professional wrestling, mixed martial arts, and the NFL. I'm a major fan of all three as well. And we talk about professional wrestling. We talk about MMA. We talk about you know mainly AEW and his experience at Double or Nothing. We're actually also going to talk towards the end of this episode about other YouTubers. A lot of names you probably haven't heard in a while and his opinions on those guys. So it's a really fun episode. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So without any further ado, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast with me and Doug Bateman. Your YouTube videos, and it's already been like a decade now, as crazy as that is, like, yeah. like, I, because, you know, I was in college, you know, during a lot of that time and stuff, just like killing time, hanging out with my friends, drinking beer and whatnot. And like, I just go off into my room when like, you know, when there's nothing else to do and I just watch YouTube and, yeah. you know, you and you and uh, Bill, man, I mean, it's like pioneers of this whole thing. And you guys were waving that TNA flag like heavy, <laughs> right? I mean, that's what you guys really became, like, really known for. But the reason I bring that up is because, for those of you who might not know who are listening to this right now, Doug Bateman is my guest today, and, and he, he's he been saying things about the WWE that were, like, like, you could watch one of Bill and Doug's videos from 10 years ago about them, like, complaining about the issues going on in the WWE. You could play that right now, and you wouldn't even know that it was 10 years ago. It's like the same problems yeah. are still cool. happening. And, uh... What's so good about having you on today, man, is like you were the first person I thought of when it just came to like change in wrestling. Like us as fans who have been sticking by this year after year, our whole yeah. lives, we finally have an alternative and, and it's yeah. AEW, man. So, yeah, I want, to, I want to get some thoughts, man. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, what's funny about that is, I mean, it doesn't matter where me and Bill go. If we go to a wrestling show, somebody recognizes us. Like, it's just... Like, and it's weird, too, because we haven't done anything in, like, 10 years, and yet people still remember us for, for what we did. And what's crazy is, you know, yes, we were pro-TNA, but we were really anti-WWE. Yes. And we were really just trying to find an alternative, and it's more like TNA will do. You know, we were such Kurt Angle fans back then, and it was like, well, wherever he's going, we're going. You know what I mean? And the WWE was just so bad in so many ways, and we were so frustrated. But, like, this AEW thing, man, this is different. It's different just because of who runs it and the fact that you basically have wrestling fans that are wrestlers and then wrestling a diehard wrestling fan that is a basically a billionaire affiliated with one. Um, it's just it's a perfect scenario. And what I love about it is, is that they, they are putting their names on this. And so they won't let it suck. 
You know what I mean? Like, they know if it's good, they know if it's not, and they want honest criticism because they want to be held at a high standard. And you don't have that with the WWE. The WWE is so complacent. And if you listen to, like, Ambrose's interview with Jericho, I mean, it sounds like a complete nightmare there. And it it seemed very reminiscent of the CM Punk interview um, when on Colt Cabana. And I... I just think eventually something's got to give, man. And the thing, the things that I love about AEW too is that, you know, everyone just thinks Vince crushes competition. I don't think he can crush them. I really don't. And I'll I'll go into more of that later on. But um, just the thing. So so basically, let me start out with how we ended up going to Double or Nothing. I mean, when they announced that they were going to do their own event. Yeah, I was excited, but, like, I never thought I was going. And then uh, Bill's wife is is one that's it's pretty hard to, to get the okay from. And it was, uh, I mean, Bill really just wouldn't give up on the idea of going. Like, he really wanted to go, and he kept getting shot down. And it was the night before tickets went on sale that he got the okay. And then we just kind of all scrambled around. We called a buddy who hadn't watched wrestling in, like, 10 years. And we talked him into going with us because we knew this was different. We knew that he hadn't seen stuff like this. And uh, we, we, we ended up getting tickets that next day. And we had to have three people online in the waiting room. And only one of us got in. And I got in and I was able to get three tickets. So we got the three tickets and, and we're off to, to Vegas. Dude, that's crazy. So, I mean, I'm really glad you were able to go. That's that's just amazing. Like, and how's Bill doing, by the way, for like those of us who like haven't really heard from him much lately? I mean, he's he's the same Bill, like super motivated. He bleeds AEW now. I mean, he's uh he's super pumped up about it. Um, you know, he's more of a family man now. I mean, he has he has three kids, and so he's uh he's definitely concerned about like being there for his family and and making time for them. So, like, whenever we talk about trips like this and stuff, he definitely feels guilty leaving them behind. I mean, I have two kids of my own, but um, I don't know. He just, he he's definitely driven by his family. So, uh, but, I mean, trust me, the guy's bleeding AEW right now. Dude, that's that's great to hear. Um, something that you mentioned just a second ago that I wanted to touch on also is how you just, you know, you bringing up how these guys put their names on this product, which I, yep. you know, is a very big deal. And, and one of the coolest things about that night, we're going to obviously talk about the show, but like after the show, they let, you know, members of the media, they basically did a, a old like UFC style scrum, like how Dana yep. White, you know, used to sit at, stand out there after the press conference and talk to right. reporters and watching him explain like his thoughts on the night was like, Oh my God. Like I knew he was a wrestling nerd. Like I already knew that going into it, but hearing how he talked about the show, it was like, this is really, this is like, this is it. Like we found our guy, like this guy is a massive fan and he was marking out like we were for this show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you watch that being the elite, like they're all in gorilla, like all nine of them or whatever, all in gorilla watching Ambrose come down and they're all like marking out when they hear the crowd. Like it's just, it's just so awesome. Like they, they just are such a different breed 
you know, they're very humble and they treat you very well. Like if I could talk about Starcast, I mean, like whenever you meet Cody, prepare to be in a long line because Cody will take the time out to talk to you. Like he he's not just going to rush you out the line. <laughs> the Bucks, I mean, if you want to do the the buck pose, if you want to give them a hug, if you just want to sit there and talk to them for a little bit, they're down. Like they're totally cool. Um, Adam Page, I mean, he was greeting people with hugs and handshakes and just kind of asking how you've been, where are you from, how's your trip been. Like, they're, they're not the type of guys that just blow you off. Like, anybody in the elite is really cool. And um, you just you feel comfortable. And, like, when Cody said, you know, Cody was rivaling the troops on that, that night of uh, the, uh, the, the evening with Cody and the Bucks. And I mean, he was just like, I'm so sick of this corporate structure. And like, we built this wall from the fans and like, we're supposed to be an effing family, man. We're supposed to be around each other. And, you know, like when you hear stuff like that, like you just want to support them. You know what I mean? So it it's, it's awesome that how fan friendly they are, how grassroots, like they really believe in like that old school, uh, campaigning of like meeting each person shaking their hand and making them a fan you know what i mean yeah for sure and that's really good to hear about everybody because you know like i've obviously met cody before but like i've never met the young bucks i've never met hangman page like i've never met a lot of these guys i just kind of know the kind of the vibes that i get from them or like what i would know about them is mainly through being the elite and of course like their in-ring work and yeah. It's awesome to know that uh, that they take the time out for everybody. Um, I got a question for you too, like yeah. with Starcast. Um, sure. I noticed that what are edits like? Like those everything you got signed. Like is that like graphics that you made and like printed and had people sign, or is that like electronic? Like what what is that? So I basically learned Photoshop in three months through YouTube, and I made my own stuff, and I I brought it over there, and I had them sign it. And it was really cool because, you know, you get comments from it. It's good conversation starter. A lot of them really liked it. Um, so, yeah, those are my edits. I basically uh, created them myself. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, like uh, so, okay, the first night was to meet uh, Dustin Rhodes, the Bucks, and Cody. Like, I had paid for all three of those. And... So, and here's the secret to StarCast, right? At least the way they had it set up in Vegas is you wait in a line in the meet and greet line, right? And if you have somebody that is less popular, they'll let you in the room to meet them because they're going to be leaving sooner, but then you can stay to meet the rest of the people. So, for example, Dustin Rhodes, he wasn't as popular, of course, as Cody and the Bucks. So I had his meet and greet. They let me in. I got to meet him. Then I got to go right to the Bucks line, then right to Cody's line. And I didn't have to wait through that big, long, massive line that's on being the elite. Um, so that that's a secret tip. But uh, so I knew that Dustin Rhodes was a Cowboys fan. And he, it was weird because you know how he buried Goldust? Well, he was showed up in Goldust paint. So I'm like, uh, okay. So his whole face is painted in Goldust paint. And I and I didn't really know all what to talk to him about, so I brought up the Cowboys. 
And I mean, he's a smart fan, you know, he's like, I think it's our year, man. We have depth. He's like, I'm excited about Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Like, it's like, I don't think we're going to be as predictable. Like, so we, we chatted up about the Cowboys for a while. It was cool. It was cool. Um, and you could tell like, he was just really like happy to be there. Like he was posing, he would do whatever he was having fun with the fans. Like he was super cool. And so, like, right there, kind of, like, I felt good about their match that they were going to have. And then, um, you know, the Bucks and Cody and Brandy and all that is great, you know. And uh, But <clears throat> I felt a good vibe between with Dustin that, that weekend. He, he really seemed like he, he was really happy to be there. Dude, um, he looked like a completely – I mean, he was, like, you know – Obviously, we kind of knew what to expect out of him, but I feel like he even exceeded expectations, like, in the match itself. Like, yeah. everything yeah. about him just seems rejuvenated. Well, it was funny, too, because, like, at that weigh-in press conference that they had at StarCast, he came out, and the crowd was not... I mean, they, they were okay with him. They didn't hate him or anything, but they weren't, like, super behind him. And by the time that he took off his little uh, coat and showed the Dusty's favorite T-shirt... And he cut this killer promo like he won the crowd over. Everybody's chanting Dusty's favorite. He was all fired up. And it was it was really good. So, um, yeah. And, like, they did the weigh-in thing, but all they did was weigh-in Sammy Guevara and, and Kip. And I really feel like they missed the boat on that. I feel like if they had weighed everybody in, the way that the crowd was responding and how fired up they were, like, I really think that that could be something. So I personally think they should keep the way in for every pay-per-view. I think it's a it, it's a fun thing for the fans, especially if they're there already for a convention like StarCast. It makes sense, and it would, you know, fire everybody up seeing the stare-downs and all that stuff. I uh, I think that they were originally going to do Hangman Page and uh, Pac yeah. on there, right? Yeah. And then, but I mean, you go from that to Sammy Guevara and Kip Saban. I mean, like, it was okay. He and and Sammy did, you know, do some nice heel work there. But like, that crowd would have really ate up Adam Page and Pac. They really would have. Do you have a like? What are your opinions on like the whole Pac situation? Like, is is that so? Some... When when I when I uh, I did you watch the Cody and the Bucks uh, Starcast thing? I saw, um, I saw like snippets of it, like when they like took like the shot at Bailey and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's so overrated, by the way. Like basically, I mean, Cody's just taking a stab at the character, not Bailey herself. Oh, I agree. Yeah, freak you need to hire, no problem. But sure. Um. Yeah. So basically, like they asked fans quite like the fans were allowed to do a Q and A. They didn't bring up Hawk at all. And then this fan, he was the very last question. And they said, you know, you got to make it good. And he's like, fellas, let's be honest. What happened with the whole Pac situation? And everybody just clapped and, like, they loved the question, right? And they basically said, don't believe everything you read. That That is uh, not necessarily the case. And that they are still in talks with him. And they want him to be in AEW full-time. Nick... Uh, from from the Bucks said that you know he's he's been friends with Pac for like ten years, so in my opinion, if it's just something that he refused to job, I don't think you'd want to be in business with that person. 
And so I think it's more of his visa issue, because if you remember WrestleMania weekend, he was not able to be there because of a visa issue. And so I think that that still is not clear. And I think that is still why he's wrestling in the UK, but nowhere else. Yeah, I could see that too, especially with uh, that six man match. Like they just announced that he was going to be replaced for that upcoming. Yeah. But so like they clearly like, you know, they had plans of him doing it up until probably today when they pulled him. Right. So, so I mean, I think eventually he will be there. And if it's not like he's burned a bridge or there's bad blood, I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, he's a great performer. He'd help their roster, you know. So, yeah, it, it's I'm cool with it. As um as far as, like, the live experience, like, I have to ask you just, I mean, I know, I know kind of the answer here, but it's just coming from your perspective, like, did you ever see anything? Because I know for a while, like, you you guys were going to, like, TNA events, and you were doing, like, the yep. TNA Addicts radio show and, like, all that yep. kind of stuff. Have you – did you ever see anything, like, like, when TNA was, like, you know, hitting on all cylinders, like, when they were actually, like, putting on a really good product and people were getting behind it? Was that anything like this, or was this just, like, way, way, way bigger than anything you'd ever seen with TNA? It was, it was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. Like, so let me explain one thing. Have you ever been to Vegas? Yes, uh, yes. I've never gone to an event there, though. Like a Okay, event. so like at the MGM Grand, I, I just totally underestimated it, right? So we get an, we get there an hour before pre-show. So right at 3 o'clock, basically. We get off the monorail. We head to the MGM Grand Garden Arena. And we're there, and I just see this massive line, right? So we have to walk past, like, all the way past the food courts, all the way past the casinos, and then it wraps around to where the escalator is. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's not too bad. I mean, it's a long line, but whatever. And then the security guys tell us that we have to go downstairs. So we go downstairs, uh, down the escalators, and there's just this big long hallway, right? We go past the whole entire long hallway. They open the doors. We go outside where the pools are. We have to go all the way past the pools to the point to where it wraps around the building. We have to go past the building almost to the com uh, apartment complexes, and we're outside of the property. And this is an hour before the pre-show. And I was like, how are we even supposed to get in here? I mean, this line is literally like 10,000 people. And they, like, just push them through every now and then they push them through. Well, what they ended up doing is they opened up the emergency exits that put us right in the entrance of the MGM garden arena. And then they let us through. I don't know if that's normal. I don't know if that's how they always do it, but that's how they did it. And I, so we didn't get to go in at the very beginning of the battle Royal. We missed that part. We basically got there when they entered the last five people in the battle Royal. That's when we got there. And so we're walking in, and I can just hear the crowd just loud, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're fired up. Then I look at the TV screens at where the concession stands are and everything, and it looks like NXT. It looks like WWE. It doesn't look cheap at all. There's bright lights and well-production and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. This is awesome. So then we just, like, haul it, right? And... um we we get inside and i mean it's just beautiful and they've got like the two uh entrance ways which is kind of like reminiscent of tna like back in the day 
and they had like this beautiful set and chips and like all sorts of stuff and i was like oh wow this is the real deal you know and one thing i'll say too is like i was very leery of a five-hour show i've been to a wwe show seven-hour shows five-hour shows all that stuff and usually it is a chore to make it through you're exhausted you want to leave after like the third hour Dude, this show, I felt like I was there for two and a half hours. Like, the the honest truth is, the WWE show sucked. That's why you don't want to sit there for seven hours. Like, compared to this stuff, it was like, I mean, every match, everything that was involved, I was glued to, right? Like, I was just so excited to to be a part of it. So, um, it, it was just awesome. Like, right off the bat, the Casino Battle Royal, the crowd's fired up, Adam Page wins it, you know. And then you go into Sammy Guevara and Kip Sabian, and the crowd kind of died for that one a little bit because they really didn't know these guys. And then, you know, Sammy busts out some crazy moves, and all of a sudden people are in, in it like, wow. And then I loved, I mean, I probably was never more fired up than when they hit the Being the Elite intro. Yeah. All came oh, yeah. out. Like, dude, it was just like, hell yeah let's go you know i was so pumped and uh and then you know the scu and the owe guys and all that stuff like it was just it was awesome speaking of awesome the awesome kong surprise they got a huge pop like it's just they know what the fans want you know what i mean like the show was so good and like Every time you thought you saw the match of the night already, then another match happened, and it was better than the last match. And, and, and like, my expectations were very high, and I feel like this thing exceeded my expectations. Dude, a lot of stuff there. Like, like with the Sammy G stuff, I, I always want to give him credit for every time I've seen him live, he's yeah. always been one of the best in-ring guys, like, on the show. Like, right. you know, no matter where, whether I see him and in like, a... He's young. Like, people, like, what gets on my nerves is, like, I know people that go to a lot of indie shows, right? And they're like, dude, Joey Janela and Sammy Guevara and all these guys are mid vanilla midgets. Or these guys, you know, they have no charisma. All they do is flips and do stupid stuff. And all. it's like, no, dude, if they're on mainstream television, they're going to be stars. Like, if they're the right company that knows how to push them, they're going to be stars. Oh, and yeah. so um, I, I feel like people want to peg these guys as just indie guys. Like, dude, who wants to go see Jungle Boy? Well, Jungle Boy actually was pretty over. You know what I mean? I don't think it, it hurts too bad that Luke Perry was his dad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that people have an interest in Jungle Boy. And, dude... The, the number one heel in the business right now is MJF. Hell, like, hell yeah. Hell without yeah. Without a doubt. Like, that guy is amazing. And he has gotten so good just within two years. Like, if you watch some of his old stuff, it's kind of like, eh, it's a little shaky. It's not the – now he is just the number one scumbag. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's another guy that, like, I've been waiting for a few years now myself to see him, like, really break out because he's one of those guys, like, I've seen him – wrestle in like in a bar up the street from me in nashville in front of 200 people before um i've seen you know i've seen him uh i don't know if you ever heard of this thing called dojo pro it was like a amazon series it was like a one season amazon series of this wrestling tournament mjf was a part of that 
Um, I was there for like the tapings for that and stuff. Like just seeing this guy just and just knowing because the, the one obstacle I always thought that he was going to kind of have on the indies, especially with like how the fans are, is yeah. I thought that he was going to be too closely compared to um to like EC3 and that kind of stuff because yeah. it's a similar type of idea. But, I mean, we've seen the gimmick so many times, right? Right. Like the, the rich snob, I'm better than you, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, NJF is taking it to another level. Well, and he's and, always in kayfabe. He's always. Yes, yeah, I know. That, that's his like, difference. Like, I'm a big fan, but I don't want to meet him because I know he's going to be a prick. You know what I mean? Oh, so I'd rather yeah. just leave it alone. He'll totally but, no-sell you, dude. Like, the first time I ever tried to talk to him... I yeah. literally walked up to him. It was right after he had done an interview with Alicia Tout that I thought was really good. Right. And but the whole time he's roasting her and you know just talking about how terrible she is and blah blah blah. And yeah. I went up to him and I was like, and I I didn't know like how how much he stuck to his character even like outside of it. And this was like right. after a show with like no literally no one else around. Like no one else could have even heard our conversation. So so like it wasn't like he was putting on a show for other people. Right. I literally was like Oh hey dude, I just got done watching your interview with Alicia Tout. Like, you know, that was that was and like like before I was like even done, he was like, I don't care and like walked away. And I was like and I was like, Whoa, what the hell was that? Then like I start like asking around, they're like, No, dude, he, that's like I know a few people that he's like traveled with that are yeah. like, Okay, he's he's not like that all the time, but that is kind of how he is. Like just like in general. Like he's so a the best thing in the world <laughs> is that Rosie O'Donnell footage. Yes. Oh, the you are my sunshine stuff. <laughs> right. Did you see the Chris Van Fleet uh, interview that he did? No, I haven't seen that one yet. He's I love that guy though. ever because really? like <laughs> Chris Van Fleet's like, so what's your theme song going to be in AEW? And he's like, well, is it going to be you are my sunshine? And dude, he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, and then he just stops the interview and he's like, I will end your career. Do you understand me? <laughs> like, you understand people that stuck with me one more time? Like, I will end your career. Mm. And then, and then, and then he talks about how like he's uh, interviewed Joey Janela and Teddy Hart before because like he was trashing both of them, and he was like, he was like, um, so are, are, you're not that big of a deal, huh? Like, what do what do you do? Like, 150 views, two 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 fifty, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's okay. I'll do the low end stuff too. It's fine. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> good. He, uh... yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. Like, I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll piss off a lot of people and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's, he's, he's everything you want in a heel. I, uh, I don't know if the full interview is up yet or not, but I saw a clip of, <laughs> of uh, my colleague at Fightful.com, Sean Ross Sapp, when he yeah. tried to interview him, and he's, he's like. He asked him about the CD player. He's just like, get the fuck out of my room right now. Yep. <laughs> like, Stokely Hathaway's CD yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I actually saw Sean Ross. I uh, I was going up the escalator, and I knew that he knew who me and Bill were. So I was just like, hey, man, what's up? And he looked over, and he's like, hey. And then he, he realized it was me, and he was like, oh, hey, man. He was, <laughs> I showed him. I was like, Bill's right here. He's like, oh, wow. We were going up the escalator at the same time to, to see Double or Nothing. So That's it was cool. When also, you know, speaking of like these like young up and coming guys, MJF probably, you know, going to be the number one heel in AEW. Um, you know, depending on how you look, I think like right now it's like technically going to be Chris Jericho, but MJF oh, like long term, yeah. you know, but, uh, but 
I think the same as far as the baby faces go, Hangman Page is going to be their guy for like the next decade. Is like the, so the do top you think, dude. Though, do you think that Hangman is going to beat Jericho? I do. Well, dude, it's a tough one to call. If I'm going to go with Jericho, yeah. and, I, and I went with Jericho over Kenny as well, my predictions, just because I, I really think that he's just he's just extra valuable as far as them being on TV, like kind of to what his gimmick and whatnot is right now is like, you know, right. the whole, you know, I got you this. I mean, it isn't all on him, of course, but it's one of those things where like the casual fan flipping through the channel sees Chris Jericho with the title belt on the screen. They're like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. I think that does a lot for them, but I think that but hangman. So, so, so on this, on this point with Jericho though, and I, and I, you know, like TNA got a lot of criticism for having the old veteran come in and be the champion. Like, do you think it makes AEW look bad that you have a guy like Kenny Omega who's not the champion, but Jericho is, and he's 48 years old? That's a really good question. Um, I think as of right now, part of the value also uh, lays on the fact that Jericho is going to be wrestling for the IWGP title soon. I agree. So I think it's one of those things where, like, I, I, I totally think that NJPW and, and AEW are going to have some sort of good working relationship. They got to get the hell out of the Ring of Honor deal. Like, there's no benefit for them to be with Ring of Honor at all. And so I, t I talked to Colt Cabana at, oh, nice. um, at, at uh, Starcast. And I had went to a show in Houston in January, and it was just it was embarrassingly bad. And it had nothing to do with the performance; it had everything to do with like there were 200 people in a 5,000 seat arena. And I I talked to Colt about it, and I said, Colt, like I went to the show in January. I know you know where it was because there's no way you can't forget that show. And I was like, I was at the Houston show, and he was like, that show wasn't that bad. And I was like, but the crowd, there was nothing there. Like, it was a 5,000-seat arena, and you only had, like, 200 people in the crowd. And he's like, well, that's just because Ring of Honor egomaniacs and that they they won't admit to themselves that Cody and the Bucks drew, drew their business. And now they have to go back and restart, and they don't want to. They think that they can just keep going and, and keep that same pace. And he's like, they can't. They have, to, they have to go back and regroup and restart over. And I was like, I totally agree. But it's like if he's feeling and he's like, he's like, don't worry, dude. He's like, all the boys know it, too. So it sounds like things aren't going too well in Ring of Honor. <laughs> I mean, I believe that that's something where, like, I uh, I recap their show every week for the, the podcast I do for Fightful. And so I have to keep up with that and Impact. Unfortunately, like, I have to keep up with Impact right now. And it's like a fucking chore keeping up with yeah. Impact. In Ring of Honor, not so bad because their TV show is only an hour long. They're, a lot of their matches deliver, and they have they actually have some really good talent. But the problem is, like they just like kind of like what you said. I mean, they don't really have any kind of stars to put that many asses in the seats when they're going live. So like, so they have that, and then their matchups to me are just atrocious. Like, who wants to see Shane Strickland and Bandito? Like that that does not sound good to me at all. And like. Matt Taven is your champion. I, I think he's okay. I don't think he's terrible. But, like, when you're struggling, that guy shouldn't be your champion. Oh, I agree opinion. a thousand percent with that. And so it's like, it's like all their decisions they're making is just a big mess. Like, you know? how, they, like I, I was shocked to see that they don't have Jonathan Gresham under contract. Like, that dude's going to be good as gone the second that he 
he gets an offer from somebody else. Yeah, that was interesting to me too, and I was like, okay. And then in Impact, everybody's asking for their release and enjoy. But see, here's the thing about AEW. I mean, they can't fit in seventy guys on their roster. Sure. Like at some point, they're full. And I hope that other wrestling companies step up too, and you just get wrestling being like it's better on all networks and all different companies. You know, it just the rosters start to fill up with talent everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, I, I mean, AEW kind of looks almost full as is. Like, they have enough talent in, like, a two-hour show, and, you know, they don't have to do this whole sign everybody that's available thing and fill, you know, a thousand hours of TV time. you got to fill two hours with good wrestling. So Right, then you have pay-per-view, and then they what I love about them is they don't want to do live events. They just want to do TV and pay-per-view. Which to me is great because every time you see them, you're going to see something that matters. So that's, that's extremely smart, in my opinion. Um, I think I think house shows is a play out thing, anyways. And it's not like the attendance are that great at them now. You know what I mean? So I, I love that idea, but you're not going to need a ton of guys on your roster. So it'll be interesting, like who gets to actually keep their jobs in AEW for a long period of time. And my thing is, though, is like, let's say Sasha becomes available. You find room for Sasha. You know what I mean? You find room for certain guys that that, that do become available. So yeah. it'll be interesting. And and I think that that needs, as, as I know you'd agree, like that definitely needs to stay to like a limit as well. Like, you know, you for get, sure. you know, you get like your Sasha Banks type in there. You get like, obviously, if CM Punk is, is willing, like you can't pass yeah. up on that. But like. Yeah. But they also need to be really careful, and so do those WWE guys, like you're saying. Like, I mean, I'm sure like the revival will get swept up by AEW if they get yes. out of the contract. But it's also one of those things where like they have a built-in storyline already with the Young Bucks, so it's yes. like it makes total sense from every angle. One hundred percent. But uh, and, and like I said, there's certain guys that you just think you know one hundred percent they're going. Like when when Moxley was a free agent it just made sense right like you're not gonna let that guy just sit on the street when you're just about to start a new company so it there's certain ones that make sense there's certain ones that yeah we'll see but i would love for those guys to go to ring of honor or impact or something just to to you know make these rosters better well and to creatively like get your life back i mean i i listened to that moxley interview today also and it's like I mean, like he made he made he made it sound like working in WWE as a wrestler right now just totally sucks. Like, yeah. like, and and that's what we've been seeing and hearing for a long time now. Like, it's something where I was thinking about it earlier today, like knowing that we were going to be talking tonight, and I was like thinking back to like your days of like the YouTube fame and whatnot. Like to put like the timeline there, thinking about like back then all these W like, or the WWE, like, uh, all these issues. Like I actually watched some of your old videos around the time that, um, all, or that a double or nothing went up. Like all these videos about like, if Vince McMahon was such a genius, then like dot, dot, dot. If yeah. you know, uh, the well, like Ambrose was on there and he's like, if people keep saying Vince is a genius, I don't see it. <laughs> right. So you guys, <laughs> you've been right about that. Like, for a long I time. know. Right. I said it a long time ago. <laughs> and I was thinking about kind of like, Okay, so for since then, 
what have I really enjoyed or when have I really gotten really excited about the WWE? And I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, all the way back then, kind of the same old stuff. Like I wasn't a big Cena fan at the time, but I respect him now, but that's like a different perspective. I'm like thinking, thinking, and I'm like, you know what? Really nothing for me other than like when the Shield was putting on great matches, like when they debuted for that like couple years that they were there doing their thing and all those six-man tags and stuff. I thought that that stuff was great. And then when uh, when Kevin Owens got called up from NXT, yeah. I was like, this is great. Like, this is new. Like, this guy is someone who we watched on the indies for a long time. He never fit that WWE mold. Guys like Jim Cornette were like never, you know, this guy's never going to make it. And he came up and he beat Cena in his first match. And I was like pumped. And then that fizzled. And since then... Aside from NXT, which is a completely different conversation because it's a completely yeah, different product, um, I, there's been nothing in this whole you know, time. I, I, I liked I liked AJ when he debuted from the Rumble. Oh, that was great! Was a really sure. good first year. Like he had great matches with Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Cena. Like you name it, he had a great year. But um, I mean. I guess, too, like, you just don't realize how bad it is until you watch something like AEW, and then you're just like, you know, I thought a pay-per-view was great when it had three good matches, or if it had one great match, then I pretty much was sold that it was a good pay-per-view, because I still got that one great match, you know what I mean? And it's like, I just watched a full five hours of just greatness, you know? (laughs) So it's it's definitely... um, it's definitely different. Uh, and, and, and the thing that just drives me crazy is, is people have this mindset that Vince can just crush competition. And, and, I'll, and I'll go over a couple of points. And one point that I just don't think anybody is thinking of that I think is truly going to happen, and it could be very brutal for the WWE, right? So what does Vince want to do? He wants to leave basically wrestling like semi whatever and do the XFL, right? Well, what is that going into competition with? Right, the NFL. The NFL, right? Who owns the NFL team, right? The con. Okay, so you mean to tell me that he can't they can't talk to all thirty one owners and basically say, look, this guy's going after our business. Let's go after his. And what happens when AEW is shown, commercials are shown on an NFL product? You know what I mean? I never that's, thought about that. Wow. And that stuff could happen because, like I said, he's going after them. So why wouldn't they go after him? So you could hurt him in the Like, imagine an AEW commercial during the Super Bowl. Dude. That, that 100% could happen. Well, yeah. Even, I mean, even just Monday Night Football, the amount of people that watch that, that would have no clue this even exists until they see a commercial during. And that would be on the same time that Monday Night Raw is on. <laughs> right, right, right. You have an AEW commercial that says, watch us tomorrow. Watch us on Tuesdays. You know what I mean? That's Another so thing awesome. I don't think people understand is during the Monday Night War, social media did not exist, right? So now if somebody brings an AEW sign, then that AEW, W wrestler can make a tweet about it. Well, then guess what that's going to encourage? It's going to encourage everybody else to do it. You know what I mean? So then 
they're going to get a screenshot and be posted and, and someone's going to say, thanks man for, for representing us or whatever. Like it's just going to encourage more that people just don't understand that this is coming. You know, like the fact that that AEW pay-per-view happened and then on Monday there were AEW chants, Sami Zayn dropped AEW, which I'm really surprised about, but whatever. Then on Thursday, and then on, then on SmackDown on Tuesday, you have an MJF sign. You have a Triple H Save Us sign. Like, wrestling is already changing, you know? And it, it's it's just uh, it's an exciting time that I don't think anyone thought we were ever going to get, you know? And it, it's, uh, it's crazy how all the things aligned for it. Dude, and to, to that point, man, like, this, just, I'll give you my quick experience of watching this show, like, I, I was asked by quite a few people, like, if I wanted to, like, you know, come over and watch, or, like, what I was doing, like, kind of, like, you know, people from around Nashville and whatnot, like, you know, wanted to get together and watch the show, which right. I do fairly often, but, like, it was, this is gonna sound very weird, but, like, but you'll understand, I think, like, I didn't want to watch, I watched the show alone because I wanted to, because I knew that I was going to get emotional during this show as a wrestling fan that's been waiting this long for something like this. Right. And like you mentioned it earlier, but I'm so with you on the whole, you know, the, the battle Royal happens, Sammy versus Kip happens. And I'm like, I'm already sitting there like giddy. I'm like, Oh man, like, I can't believe like this is actually about to start. This is like finally happening. And then that being the elite intro hits, and yep. I'm literally tearing up on my couch. I'm like, I'm right. like, I can't believe this. Like, and I almost felt the same way. And I mean, I was super fired up just to see them all there. Like, this is really about to happen. And they cut Cody off a while before he was done. Like, they, I watched the pre-show back, and that thing went on for like another three, four minutes of them just like hyping up the crowd and getting everything ready and promising they're going to deliver a great show and all this stuff. And it was like, okay. Um, so yeah, but like that set the tone, man. And then you bust out SCU and it's like, okay, you know, here we go. And I thought the OWE guys were going to be much more high flying and stuff, but it was more like strong style, I guess. Um, so I really don't think that that necessarily represented their company. Like, like they're going to in the future. Um, but that, it was still a really good match. And it was funny too, because like my friend, Chris, so like he, he used to be a diehard wrestling fan to the point where he like slept with like on the concrete with bill to get tickets, at, like just for SmackDown. Like oh, they wow, would sleep yeah. at night because that was before you could like get them online. You'd have to like either go to like a, a grocery store or something like that, and always in your mind, if you were actually at the event, at the 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 arena, you would get the best tickets. Sure. Like they slept on the ground overnight to get tickets. You know what I mean? And he was a diehard fan. And then like me and Bill moved away from Kansas, and so it was just like he was on his own, and he just totally stopped watching it no desire to watch it anymore. So I was trying to get him back into it. Um, and it got to a point where he started to get a little bit interested. I had him watch the, uh, the Bucks match versus Kenny and Kota Ibushi. I had him watch Will Ospreay versus Marty Scroll from Sakurai Genesis. And I had him watch, um, he watched Adam Cole and Johnny Gorgano just the one just recently. 
And like after that, he was just like, oh, wow, like wrestling's changed a lot. And he like sees all these guys and he doesn't know how good they are or whatever. So like, you know, he's watching like SCU. And of course, he knows who Daniels and Kazarian is, but he has no idea who Scorpio Sky is. And like when Scorpio does the the flip to the outside, I could just see his like mouth drop. Like you couldn't believe it. Like, oh, wow, this guy's good. You know what I mean? And so like. You would, I would just look over there when on like certain big spots, and I mean he's just got his hands on his head, like just completely <laughs> marking out. I like, couldn't believe how good these guys are. Yeah, that's, so, that's it so was awesome. really cool. That's so awesome. Uh, you just mentioned Adam Cole. You know his his girl, Doctor Britt Baker. She was yeah. looking good too. I mean she's, I think I she's Kylie Ray did really well too. Like I was impressed. Yeah. And this is so. This is another thing I'm a little bit concerned about. Right? Is I didn't think Nyla Rose was good. I just didn't. And I understand that she's a transgender and gets all that stuff, but like, I don't think she should get a pass just because she's transgender. And I don't think we should be crucified if we don't think that she's good. If, if just because like people immediately try to categorize, well, you just don't like her because she's a transgender or whatever. Like I just didn't like, cause I didn't think she was that good flat out. Sure, that's thought, that's totally fair for you to say. I awesome Kong. I think if that match was Awesome Kong, Britt Baker, and Kylie Ray, you have a way better match. Period. So I I I was willing to give Nyla Rose a chance. I was already kind of a little apprehensive about it because from the highlights I'd seen and stuff, she didn't look that good. And then I didn't think she looked that good. I was honestly, she was probably the one that I was least impressed about the whole show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I totally understand that, and I I think that it's uh, it's wrong of people to, how do I word this? It's wrong of people to assume that you're jabbing transgender people when you're like it's just you didn't like the wrestler that much. It has nothing to do with the gender thing. So right, right. You know, I have no problem with that at all personally, um, and I hope people who listen to this don't either because we're not we're not just like bigots where it's just a preference in who we think is a good wrestler or not. Like right, I, and I'm willing to give, give her a chance. I just didn't see anything that was like, Oh wow. You know, that's awesome. Like there was nothing there. Like she basically bowed up to Kong. Like uh, that's not going to do it for me. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it was cool seeing awesome Kong though. That was an expect an unexpected surprise for sure. So as soon as, as soon as Brandy said she needs it to be awesome, I knew it was awesome Kong. Like, sure. I just, and I, I, <laughs> I said it out loud as soon as she said it and I popped <laughs> and I really popped actually. I, I was very excited for that. And it, it's just a cool, you know, like, um, it, it's not just because you get to see that match. You just, whenever the roster gets stronger, it's just exciting. Because then it's like, oh, wow, now they have this piece. And, oh, wow, they have, now they have this piece. You know what I mean? So I thought I thought that uh, she was she was a nice piece to that match. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we also had, we'll just go down the rest of these matches yeah, real quick. Yeah, we, sure. got, we had, you know, the best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. Uh, Love this match. Me too. They uh, defeat Angelico so, and so Jack Evans. So the thing Evans. that sucks too is I really think the crowd would have cheered for Jack Evans and Angelico if they had a name. Yeah. You know, they're chanting best friends, best friends. But, but like you can't just say Jack Evans and Angelico. Jack, like you, you can't do that. So they need a name. They really need a name. 
And the funny thing is, is I felt like a lot of people really didn't know Angelico and Jack Evans. And like the more that they started busting stuff out, people were just like, holy crap. Wow. You know, dude, and that's a. I was super pumped when they signed in Helico, and then they added Jack Evans. Like, I love that tag team. I would really like to see them face Private Party, just because I haven't seen Private Party wrestle, but I saw their highlights and stuff. I met them at StarCast, too. They're super nice guys. And uh, I would really like to see how good they are, because I know, you know, in Helico and Jack Evans can make anybody look good. Well, and it's it's like a travesty that people don't understand, like, what Jack Evans is like, I personally, I personally want Teddy Hart. In oh, dude, me too. Of course, dude. Like, I, I, I credit all the time. I've said it probably on the show before, but like the guys that got me into indie wrestling back in the day, the four guys I always bring up, Jack Evans, Teddy Hart, amazing red Trent acid. Those were the yeah. dudes. And, yeah. and I wish like, I don't know what they, what AEW can is like allowed to show, but like if they can get some old Jack Evans clips and they put up on the screen, like, you know, 2004 like it put like the year so like you know like this guy was doing like triple backflips off of cages like 10 oh, years yeah. ago and he's i didn't even know about this guy and like i think people would be more interested if they knew that he was like this big time indie veteran for this you know for years and yeah. years yeah no i i'm with you and uh uh like with teddy i feel like he's really burned a lot of bridges and stuff but it seems like his mlw stuff's really been a breath of fresh air for promoters like they haven't had any issues with him or anything i've watched the most of his stuff like it's it's good i would love to see him get a shot in like a mainstream wrestling organization so maybe one day but um i it's gonna be interesting too because you know, once these contracts kick in in October for TV, all these indie guys are gone, man. No more, no more, you know, Joey Janela shows and no more like, um, uh, you know, MJFs on these shows and all this stuff. Like it's the Lucha Bros, all that stuff, like all that stuff will be over with. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, uh, how the indies respond. Well, I think it'll be interesting, but, I really think that the Indies are going to be okay. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot of talent out there right now, and and I mean half like half these guys like on the show that we're talking about like I've seen in very small shows like not that long ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and that and that's continuing on. I I really really I understand that AEW is going to put a hit to some degree on the independent scene because of exactly what you just mentioned, but. Um, from the guys that I know and like the the guys I've I've been able to watch and and interview and stuff like the, la- the last few years, like I really think the independents are in a really really good spot still. Well, let's see. That's where ROH needs to come in. You don't have a roster right now, so you need to start scouting these guys. You need to start bringing in the the talents and stuff. You know what I mean? Impact could use more people. Like it, it it's it it's time for for this new crop of stars to be brought in and then build new ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I don't know how, no matter who is in charge, TNA or impact, whatever you want to call it now, still can't get it together. Like no matter who is in charge, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's all the same shit over and over. I I feel like that it's definitely better than it has been. It's just, it's, it looks so second rate. You're just dealing with such a small arena. The commentators are usually not that great. Like, yeah, you know, um, Callis is good, but man, Matthews is not. And it, 
it's cool though that you can kind of see the Lucha Bros on weekly TV, and it's cool that you can, you know, I like the signing of Mike Elgin. Like, I think that's good. I agree. Uh, but they just need more. They just need more. They need they need to really build this thing. And then like bringing in Rob Van Dam, like God, like they. When I ordered that TNA <laughs> show, which was just awful, um, and it was awful because of product production, right? A guy I like in there is Ace Austin. I like him a lot. I think he's legit. Um, but, like, he couldn't even do the Rolling Thunder. You know what I mean? Dude. He got stuck. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, God. Dude, yeah. they, they, you know they just did uh, Tommy Dreamer versus Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Uh, like, and then, and then they're going to do Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, and Sabu versus, yeah. like, Impact guys. Yeah. And, I mean, at this point, those Impact guys should just smash them. Dude, they're and there are three good guys. Like, it's... it's uh, Ethan Page, who I like. Um, I'm a big fan of Ethan Page. Yeah, Josh Alexander. Yep. Good. I'm I've never been the biggest Moose fan, but I respect him athletically. Like he can yeah. do good stuff. So it's like I liked Moose's run in Ring of Honor. I really did, and I felt like he he really had a chance to be because because I had no expectations for Moose, and he was actually pretty good, and he 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 surprised me a lot. Um, and then I like there I like the Radicals. Like they're really good. Like, oh, the Rascals. Yeah. Yeah, the Rascals. Sorry. Like, um, shows how much I watch. But <laughs> I, I do like those guys. Like, I, I, I think they have some talent. You know, it's just. Ugh. Well, they, and and I would do, but also to be fair, the majority of who you're talking about right now is like considered to be like their lower to mid card talent. Like the main the main event scene is like. Is like Brian Cage, who is like very hit or miss, depending on who yep. he's wrestling. John Morrison. You know, like, the funny thing about Brian Cage is he did a Spanish fly to the outside, and he he like is shocked he got hurt. Like, <laughs> right. He did a Spanish fly on the concrete. Like, are you what? Like, what are you yeah. doing? Exactly. So, like their main event, <laughs> their main event scene is is what I have a real big problem with, and they like highlight so much of that on their show. That it's, yeah, it's just have, frustrating. I mean, it's really, it consists of Nitro or whatever you want to call him, Impact, Johnny Impact, uh, Elgin, and Brian Cage right now. And, and I, I like Elgin. Elgin. And it was just Johnny Impact and Brian Cage. But then if like, if but then if you've also got like Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer like headlining your shows, and it's like what. What and is like, this? Tommy Dreamer like is in his dusty Rhodes pants and his balding head, and it's just like, dude, like at some point it's over. Oh yeah, you know dude. I mean? They've got like Sandman involved with like Eddie Edwards oh, and like God. and like Sabu is, That's is another one. Like I am so shocked to see what has happened to Eddie Edwards. Like uh-huh. he went from being like American Wolves, pure technical badass wrestler, to this like lunatic with no teeth. And got all chunky. The wears his like full clothes on when he wrestles. Like, ugh, just trash, dude. And that's got to be hard for you to say because I, I remember how big of a Davy Richards fan you were. The, I mean, the, uh... I, I love Davy. I, 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 it breaks my heart that he doesn't come back. Like if today, like, like if Davy was in the Casino Battle Royal, I'd be so happy. But it's all good. It happens. Sure. But even if he came back to Impact, I mean, that would be a huge boost for them. But whatever. Yeah, He's happy being a paramedic. So, and and that's another thing too is like wrestlers have gotten so athletic now that I really feel like you're gonna see guys retire at forty. You're gonna see guys retire at thirty-seven and stuff like that. Like it's not gonna be where, hey brother, I can work till I'm fifty-five or sixty. Like no, 
Like, those days are over. Yeah. Like, the only person I want to see doing that is Minoru Suzuki. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good God. Um, (laughs) You know, but it's so rare. Like, Jericho at 48, like, that is not the norm. Usually at 48, they're shot. And, like, if you look at AJ, good God, he decided to sign on one more year and his body's just been breaking down left and right. After a while, you can't do it no more. For sure. Well, I think part of what helped Jericho, too, is the time off he takes. Like, yes. You know, which I, I think that so many... I understand guys not wanting to do it because of the possibility of someone, you know, taking your spot. But if you're good enough and you're over enough, I don't feel like it really matters. Like, someone like Chris Jericho, obviously, you know, a completely different level than, than most. But there there's still plenty of wrestlers, I think, that... Well, you know, sometimes it isn't their decision. You know, there's plenty of stories about the WWE just not letting people take time off. Like that's, oh, 100%. you know, that's a thing for sure. But like, I've, I don't know if this is necessarily me saying that wrestlers should take more time off or if the company should let them take more time off. But at the end of the day, like you look at someone like Chris Jericho and go, oh, well, maybe if someone took, you know, six months off every now and then and just healed and relaxed and we still paid them and they didn't have to worry about their spot, like... What I mean, what a crazy concept, right? Well, and I mean, I I'm I'm personally a big fan of wrestling off season. I think it should be done. I don't think you need wrestling year round. I think if you only had wrestling for like nine months and three months off or something, like I think that people would be so excited when it came back and it would it would feel more relevant. Um, and you know, like what they want to do is just basically TV and pay per view. I mean, that means the guys are only going to be working like once a week. Like, that's not that much. You know what I mean? So they should definitely be uh, way more healthy. They should definitely have way more uh, better quality matches, you know, because they're not just killing themselves for nothing. I mean, I think that's the problem with WWE is it's so much about quantity and not much about quality. And I don't feel like AEW is going to be like that at all. They're much more about quality and and less quantity. So that works. And plus, like... The, the Dustin and Cody um, match, the build-up, I mean, it literally was two YouTube videos. And that's all you needed. There was like a promo and then Cody's promo. And that was it. And the rest is, is history. He didn't need, you know, Cody to jump him in a parking lot or, you know, whatever. Like, just that was good enough. And I hope that AEW is much more like that, where it's just, I, I, I love the, I don't know if you watched it before, the bell. I did, thing, yeah. The, the, the Jericho Omega stuff was fantastic. Like, show Kenny having to go back and really train hard because he hated the way that his his body has become and he hated how, how weak he's become and how he knows he has to take it to another level and all that stuff. And, what I loved is each guy thought that neither one was working hard, right? Because, like, Kenny was like, oh, he's probably not even doing anything. And Jericho's in, you know, an MMA lab basically trying to learn new stuff. And and then Jericho's like, you know, Kenny's probably not even focused on me. He's probably overlooking me. And so I, I liked that story of it, you know what I mean? I like that so. a lot, too. I The one thing I kind of wish they didn't show, to be honest, and – Chris Jericho is my favorite wrestler ever, so I'll just put that on the record. Like, all time, yeah. he's my guy since – since WCW, when I saw him on WCW Saturday night doing the Lionheart thing, like he was always just resonated with me. You know, what's funny with me with Jericho is I absolutely hated him 
WCW. Really? I love the Ralphus thing and everything. I, that wasn't necessarily like the biggest smart mark. I liked bad guys, but I didn't really understand like the business things, right? So like I was in W.O. Hogan no matter what because Hogan was my guy. So Hollywood sure. Hogan all day. I'm not going to pick Sting when I've grown up with Hogan my whole life. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, And like, I honestly, I hated Jericho until the uh, Vengeance when he won the titles. And oh, really? And he beat Austin the same night. And then like, all, this, all of a sudden just started click for me. Like, I thought he was good in the ring. And I thought he was uh, funny and entertaining. And like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just started to like him. And I've, I've basically liked him ever since. I thought when his run, when he faced AJ at Mania... I wasn't a big fan of him then. He was getting on my nerves. I felt like he was a WWE shield. I felt like he was um, basically in positions where he shouldn't be. Like, he shouldn't be beating AJ at Mania. Like, your time is up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, I mean, man, right now he's on he's on fire. And, like, Omega, Naito, all those matches are awesome. Yeah, so. for sure. Um the reason I, I prefaced, you know, saying that he was my favorite of all time is because I am going to criticize him right now because yeah. I respect me, me more than most. You're in the same boat as me. I respect. You're, you're going after the Judas, aren't you? I am going right after the Judas. And yeah. the reason being, like, I'm not even necessarily against it, him using it in the match, but they showed him training it and it looks so amateur. Oh, yeah. And then they were like, <laughs> I mean, you picked it up right away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, who can't throw a spinning back elbow? Like, I mean, like... An off-balance spinning back elbow. Move there is. Yeah, he's, like, falling over as he's doing it. It's like, it's like a... It's like he's trying not to trip when he's doing the spin, you know? It's like, oh, well, man. Well, like, I think, I think, uh... I think, um... It would work as a combination, right? So if he gave you the code breaker and you were still standing, and then he gave you the Judas after that, like you're toast. You right. know what I mean? Sure. Something like that. But just to flat out just give somebody a spinning back elbow, and not only that, so there were a couple times where he hit somebody with a back elbow, but it wasn't a spinning back elbow. And there were people in the crowd being like, "Judas, <laughs> no, that's just a back elbow." You oh know what I mean? no, yeah. Well, and I remember when he first said it, and he was just like, this is exclusively for AEW and all this. I'm like, oh, God, this is stupid. Well, but, yeah, okay. because if he threw that in New Japan, they'd just be like, huh? Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, they just, you know, look at you, and then they'd stick you right back. You know? Right, right, right. So, yeah, they... this. so it was the MGM Grand, and it was the night before Double or Nothing, and we wanted to just kind of tour the MGM Grand, right? And I walk in a casino. I'm walking in down the, the aisle. And my friend goes and he goes, dude, there's Jericho right there. And I looked over and it was Jericho. And he had his arm around his kid. And then there, his daughters were there too with him. They were all just standing right by his side. So then I look over at the other corner of my eye. And there's Tito and Amber Nicole, and they're walking right down on the side to go to some little restaurant or something that looked like they had reservations to because they were, like, in a hurry. And I was just like, well, there's Tito. Jesus. 
So it was like Tito on one side, Jericho on the other. And dude, I wanted to ask Jericho for a picture so bad, but I knew that that would not be a good idea with him having his kids around. So I, and it, if, if I, it, I, I, it kills me. It kills me because he is not an easy one to meet. And I would have loved to, and I would have just, I wish I would have just waited and seen if his kids like went away and then approached him. But yeah, so. That's going to be one that's going to eat me alive for a while. Well, at least you did the respectful thing. I did. I absolutely did. I, I knew that, you know, that's not, that's a big one on celebrities is when I'm with my family, leave me alone. So, and, and, you know, he's a heel right now, so he could absolutely be a total prick and that I really don't want to have a bad experience. So I just left it alone. But yeah. Any, any um, reason you didn't go after Tito? I. I've met him twice already for one and he he seemed like he was in a hurry with his date, you know, with his wife slash wife, whatever that they're, uh, uh, married because they live together, I guess. But, um, he, uh, he just looked like he was in a hurry. I don't want to bother him. I've already met him twice. So no, no big deal. Sure. Um, uh, real quick, I uh, just got to get your opinion. Yeah. Did, did, did you feel good about watching him? Fuck up Chuck Liddell this last time, or was it just, like, really strange to watch? So, I mean, I, I marked out when he knocked him out. I okay. absolutely <laughs> did. I don't care. I've waited forever for that to happen. Sure. And, I mean, it felt so good. And part of me was like, dude, you asked for this. You had no respect for Tito whatsoever that you thought your slow old ass could go in there and still beat him. Like you deserve what you get is has how I felt. Um, and, and so, yeah, I felt, I felt okay about it. <laughs> it's not, it's not the same as like sure. being a prime Chuck Liddell. I am not like that. I get it. Thank God. I remember watching that. I was like, Holy crap. Chuck looks awful. Like his, when he was throwing like little jab punches and stuff, they were so slow. And like his reaction time was really bad. And there's a part in that fight where you can tell that Tito figured it out and he just started walking him down and didn't even care. Like, he wasn't worried about him at all. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad he got it. I, I am. I, I always wanted to see it. And, I, and the fact that he knocked him out was just icing on the cake. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I understand that he did beat a prime Chuck Liddell. Well, I will also say that because – you know, people like me and you have been kind of calling for Tito's retirement like over and over again over the oh, years. Yeah. Like it's like he keeps like you know he keeps getting like the big win, and then it's like okay, dude, just stop. Like you you you're ending on a high note. Like this is. Yep. But I will say this: he looked better than he has in a while. Again, I know Chuck was looked terrible, but Tito looked to be in very good shape. Well, and then at the same point, he just recently beat Shell in minutes. Yes, and sure, you yeah, see Shell go in there and beat Rampage, and you know beats uh, Vanderlay. And, like, he just went in there and smoked Chael. Nobody thought he was going to beat Chael. And he, I mean, he just easily beat him. And so he's, he's, you know, he's doing okay. And, I mean, honestly, I'm all for the Alberto Del Rio fight if that's what they want to do. Like, Are they talking about fight doing them Cito? fighting each other? I know Alberto owns that, or he's, like, a partner of that company or whatever. But Are they talking about Tito versus ADR, like, in a fight? Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. I did not know that because I re I do remember watching him get head kicked by Pro Cop. I yep. remember that back in the day. Yep. Um, oh, I would love to watch Tito smash Del Rio. 
Right. Like, and you're not going to be that nervous about it. It's like, you're not worried that Tito's going to get all this brain damage and stuff. Like, I, I mean, I would watch. I'll watch that. So, I'm okay with certain matchups, but I'm definitely ready for him to retire. And I hate that he wants to keep continuing. Especially, like, when he was talking about, like, Golden Boy MMA and all that bull crap. And then he was basically saying, like, he really wants to be done when they were telling him to keep fighting. And he's like, I really hope I'm done. Like, you can tell it's exhausting. But, like, you know, it's hard to turn away from money like this when he was fighting there wasn't this type of money, you know. And so it's hard to walk away from it. So I get it. But 44, it's just sad. I mean, I remember watching interviews with Tito and he's like, I'm not going to be no Randy Couture fighting in my forties. Like when I'm like 38, (laughs) maybe like 35, like I'm done and I'm going to go into acting and all this. And it's like 44 with multiple back surgeries, multiple neck surgeries, you know, freaking broken orbital bones and multiple knee surgeries and all this stuff. And the guy still has to fight. Like I, I hate to see that, but you know what I what I loved to see though was and I watched that fight with a group of people and I was the only person in that room marking out when he came out to break stuff by Limp Bizkit. Oh yeah, I've been dying for that, <laughs> dying for it. Yes. I, and I'm like glad that Eminem finally pissed him off because man, I am so over Mosh. Like, yeah, that was oh. played out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when he came out to that, I was I was so fired up. I, I, man, yeah, it was, it wasn't that bad of an event, but I watched it over <laughs> and over again, so we're all good. Well, it's funny, because, like, back in the day, like, Tito is one of the guys that, like, I really credit for, like, getting my interest, it's, like, as interested as I was in the UFC when he was the champion, like, he was... Well, see, that's what's so cool about StarCast, is I was able to go talk to Ken Shamrock and just tell him flat out, like, you're the reason why I became an MMA fan, like... I ordered you and Tito after I watched you guys go at it on Best Damn Sports Show. And, like, ever since then, I, I ordered Pride. I ordered everything. I watched Strike Force, Lead XC, like, all of it. Like, like you guys started it for me. And I know how important that fight was. And he really appreciated it. That's so. awesome. I'll be, uh, I'll be able to have a pretty cool experience soon. This is completely unrelated, but you might think this is cool. I'm, uh... So, like, I live-tweet the Hawani show every Monday, and I've been doing it for years, and I do it yeah. for MMA on point. And, and I'm, back when I was in college, like, this is... So I graduated in 2010. So, like, right. you know, MMA was... It was getting bigger. Like, the Ultimate Fighter had happened and stuff, but, like, it still wasn't, like, you know, it was still... No one was covering it, and Ariel Hawani was. And... Yeah. And... Um, it was it was like MMA rated, and he was like at Elite XC interviewing Tito, I think, in like a red suit. That's like the first time I ever saw Ariel. It was way back in the day. Right. But it was like when Tito was like flirting with Elite XC and trying to see if he wanted to sign with them. Right. And uh, and man, like so back when I was in school, and I, my degree is in sport management. So like you'd go around the classroom and like all the classes every semester, and you'd stand up when it was your turn. You know. My name's Steven Jensen. My favorite color is green. This is what I want to do with my major. Like, you know, just like basic, like, so people know who you are in the class. And yeah. I would always stand up and everyone else in the room would, you know, MLB, NFL, NBA, NASCAR, you know, PGA. And it'd get to me and I'd be like, 
I want to get into mixed martial arts, like the UFC or something like that. And people would literally laugh in the class because it was like such like, what do you mean you're going to work? Like, how, what, like how, you know, like how would it like, that's not even really on television much. Like, what is that? And my thing was always like knowing there's this guy, Ariel Hawani out there who's like doing it. And he just seems like a normal dude. And, yeah. um, and I get to meet him next Friday. I'm going to Chicago for the, for the UFC event up there and he's doing yeah. a live show. So I get to have kind of a moment like that where like, I'll be able to actually tell the guy who like, I didn't think this was even, this didn't even exist to me until I saw you doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What's cool is I actually, I met Ariel, I met Ariel at Strike Force in Dallas. Oh, nice. Over Heeman Verdum. Yeah. Yeah, he was just um, basically getting his, like, equipment set up and stuff out in, like, the, the hallways. And uh, we went to go back to get something, and he was right there. So I got to talk to him for a little bit, get a picture. It was cool. <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, so... With uh, where were we at with AEW? Because I don't want to miss no. a match. Yeah, we were at the uh, the six woman match that I'm not going to be able to pronounce anyone's name, but Aja Kong. But those girls were awesome. Oh yeah, I just don't. I just didn't. I just no, no, can't uh, pronounce their names. <laughs> I saw while I was walking around the MGM Grand, I saw these these dudes run up to this girl, get her autograph, and take off. And I was like, okay, she's somebody. I don't know who she is, but she's somebody. And. Uh, it was Sheeta, Hareko Sheeta or whatever, and her partner, the girl with the redhead, the red hair. Right. She was with her, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even bother talking to the girl with the red hair. I didn't know who she was, and I just said Sheeta, and she turned around, and so I asked if she could take a picture. If we could take a picture, she said yes. We took a picture with her, and then uh, she wanted to know where the um, gift shop is at the MGM Grand because she wanted to see the big double or nothing like poster type thing there. And uh, we, we showed her directions to how to get there. So she was super nice. Um, and uh, But yeah, so I wanted to see how she performed because I met her, right? I'm like, oh, I hope I met the good one or whatever. <laughs> sure. Um, but man, they were awesome. And what was so cool about that is it was like it was it was not made for an American audience. It was literally like we stepped in Japan. Like that's how it felt. It felt like that we were in Japan watching this match. And I liked it. It was so genuine. It was so real. It was who they really were. And if that would have happened in the WWE, you would have got the American version of those girls. And that's not what made Kenny interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really like that. It kind of reminded me of like old ECW when I'd see like Tajiri and like little Guido and those guys were like, I didn't know anything about them. They were from like yeah. other parts of the world. Super crazy. Super crazy. Yeah, exactly. Those, those dudes like, <clears throat> and that's, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. It was like six people. <clears throat> I really don't know much about, I've heard a lot about Aja Kong, but I've never actually watched her work before. And yeah, she's, I think she's way older now. So like when she was in her prime, she was something, but now she's pretty limited or whatever. But man, those girls, those girls can go like, and, and I'm excited that they're going to be in the actual women's division. Cause I think they can really bring a lot to the table. Yeah, I agree. I was really impressed by that match. Something else I want to touch real quick. We, we talked about <coughs> the best friends versus in Helico and Evans with, yeah. uh, with the best friends, <coughs> um, Chuck Taylor, for those of you who don't know, like 
and you may not know this either, uh, Doug. I'm not sure, but how goofy he is. Well, yeah, him. well, yeah, yeah. That's, but he used to do a show on YouTube years back called the Gentleman's Club. Yeah, and that is pretty much what being the elite became. Wow. Like I'm not saying like it wasn't like being the elite was like a sequel of it or anything like that, but like the Gentleman's Club was it was a very similar type of concept, and like the Young Bucks were in it, Generico is in it, Adam Cole, Roger Strong, like. All these guys, like, they were in it doing, like, little funny skits and stuff and these little, like, five-minute YouTube videos that are very, very it, – it's very, very similar to what we then saw with Being the Elite. And, of course, they've taken it to a, a completely different level now. But Chuck Taylor, to, like, I feel like he doesn't get quite the credit he deserves either, mainly because he's done a lot in independent wrestling but, like, never really got a mainstream opportunity outside of – you know, a little, a little things with, you know, ROH and New Japan here and there, but like never on like American TV really, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, he started to kind of, the best friend started to get a little run in Ring of Honor. That's really where he started to kind of, and then he won the PWG title and all that stuff. But um, yeah, no, and, and I thought it was honestly, it was pretty cool. Like how serious of a tag team they kind of came across and they weren't just like this jokester goofy group. You know what I mean? And I, I liked their theme music. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. And, and that's another thing about AEW. I thought a lot of the music was cool. I thought the video packages were cool. Like, it looked it looked mainstream. It didn't look, like, cheaply done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, someone else who was a part of the Gentleman Club uh, videos, by the way, if anyone wants to check them out, um, basically the Gentleman's Club, the group, was um, Chuck Taylor, Drew Gulak, and Orange Cassidy. So... Those are, and and there, and there are three guys who, of course, Drew Gulak through the WWE now, but like, or, you know, is in the WWE now, I should say. Um, and then Orange Cassidy is just now kind of getting getting his exposure. Yeah. Yeah. I got Um, to meet him at StarCast too. Dude, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Like it's a great gimmick. And the thing is, you could tell a lot of people had never seen it before. And so that makes me wonder, like, what kind of audience is the Bucks drawing, right? Because you would think that it's just full of nothing but smart Mark Indy fans. But I think that they're more mainstream than people think. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at, like, possibly 200,000 buys. And, like, I, I Googled the Double or Nothing poster, and it had, like, 18,200,000 impressions. Like, just that search of AEW, <laughs> Double or Nothing. And it's like... Just a t-shirt company, huh? Right. (laughs) Dude, and there was so much, like, it would take forever to go through it, but, like, there was so much talent, even in that Battle Royal. Like, I saw saw a picture, um, I'm probably going to miss some people, but it was Dustin Thomas, you know, a.k.a. No Legs, for those of you who have seen it, incredible. It was uh, a picture of him, Joey Janela, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt. There might have been someone else in there. Um, but they were all standing there like on the entrance ramp and it was just like them messing around after the show and yeah. somebody commented underneath new Ravens flock. And I was like, that would like, I wouldn't call it Ravens flock obviously, but like an idea of that kind of stuff too is so cool to me. Like you can take these like misfit indie wrestlers who like don't fit in anywhere and have them like grouped together. And there's like so many possibilities with these guys. Well, the great thing is too, is you're not having a 74 year old man come up with the gimmick. You know? <laughs> yes yeah like, that's, that's huge like 
the fact that they're going to let these guys do their own thing and figure their own stuff out. I mean, that's, that's enormous. That, that makes the world of difference. And, and when it's real, you can feel it and it just doesn't come across as fake and it's genuine, you know? So, yeah. And so here's the thing too, like with, with Cody and Dustin, right? Mm-hmm. So when this match was first announced, and I had told Bill this was going to be the match a couple weeks out, especially when they showed up at a ranch, I was like, dude, this is Dustin Rhodes. Like, he hasn't told anyone that he's been released or whatever, but this is Dustin Rhodes. Like, I felt it. We were hoping Marty scroll, sure. but um, I, I, I felt like it was Dustin Rhodes. So when it was announced it was Dustin Rhodes, like, I could tell Bill was just like, ugh. You know what I mean? Like, he's thinking, ugh. And I'm like, dude, the story these guys are going to tell is going to be amazing. Like, it will be. It's brother versus brother. Like, they've wanted to do this for the longest time. It's going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be that good. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> man, that movie, that, that, I've never, like, wanted to cry in a match. And I came so close to crying in that match. Dude, like, I was crying before the match. I was right crying before it started. And the like, Dusty thing, and then I even told Bill, like, I was like, Bill, we got to chant Dusty as soon as this thing starts. And, like, this <laughs> yeah. round had already started with Dusty. Like, they, everyone knew what this thing was about. And, like, Cody's entrance was awesome. It fires you up, you know. Yeah, shots fired at Triple H, like, FM, all that. And then um, Dustin Rhodes comes out. And, like, one of the things that Cody said was, like, I'm excited that my brother gets to perform in front of this crowd. And when he said it, he almost, he, he, he teared up like while he was talking about it. And I was just like, man, we've got to bring it. Like we got to show Dustin what he's been missing and like what it's like. And man, the crowd was so awesome for that match. Like there were so many pops and there were so many things like they, they just has. And then the fact that they brought back blood like and I and it felt like kind of like an old school NWA match, you know. And yeah. like he's trying to do the Spanish fly, and like it didn't matter if they made mistakes. Like people were just so enthralled by that match, and like you could tell where Cody was going once he came back in the ring, and he's like, "I need a partner for the Young Bucks, and I don't need you know a friend. I don't need a partner. I need my brother." Like man, like that place just popped huge. And then not only that, you're like seeing Dustin just break down and cry looking at that attitude killer belt like it was just i i can't explain to you how and like standing ovations clapping people clapping everywhere like man it was just such a such an awesome match to watch live well i think i told you when we were direct messaging like the hardest i've ever marked out in my life was when cody hit that hit that uh thrown with that sledgehammer like yeah i couldn't like I couldn't keep it to myself because, anymore, uh, so man. So many people keep saying this, like, "Well, they're not actually trying to compete." Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are. They are taking shots. They are trying to compete. Like they're not afraid of Vince. And so many people want to just like put it under the rug and be like, "Well, you know, they're 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 just trying to be a good number two and all." No, they're just trying to have the best show possible. And if that makes them number one, that's fine. Yeah. For sure, dude. I, 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 I think you know Tuesdays is like the big rumor that you know yeah. AEW will run on Tuesdays and stuff. But like, honestly, I know it's it sounds crazy, but like 
if they if they ran Monday, I would just be interested to see how much of the fan base just switches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I think there's a really good chance of something like that happening. If, if they actually ran at the same time as Raw, because I know I'd never watch Raw again. Like, yeah. and, 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 you know what I mean? And, and I, I know. I watch it right now. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I know that there's an entire demographic of people that were fans like us that well, that would do the same. Too is like their response, the Raw after AEW, they oh. go an hour without any wrestling. Oh. Baron Corbin becomes your number one contender. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, like it's is terrible. this the best you have? Dude, and the best is people that, like, defend it. Like, if people our age who are like, yeah, but it's for six-year-olds. And I'm like, yeah, that's my point. That's why so I'm complaining. Watch it anymore. <laughs> but, but it's like, I, I, I called Raw this past week. I said it was the worst first hour I ever remember watching. I was like, I really, especially with like the anticipation of thinking they're going to do something to counteract okay. AEW. You're expecting like as soon as it starts, no chance. Cause that's, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. Like, wow. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just, ugh. Get me so, a yeah, get me a nice yeah. double quad tear on the way in, right? You know, so I yeah, but and like there were actually some people like hitting me up that were like, oh come on man, worst first hour ever, blah blah blah. Everyone just acting like AEW versus WWE, and I'm like, look, like you can like both, I don't care, but my opinion is the WWE sucks right now. Like yeah. regardless of what my age is, like, like. <laughs> If I if I if I want to be thirty years old and complain about the WWE after watching this my entire life, I I can do that. And yeah. and if someone's defense is gonna be, yeah, but it's for six year olds. Like like uh, there was one dude who told me you're probably listening to this right now. He's a nice guy, but I, he told me like he's like, well, you know, if I was like younger, that revival stuff, them shaving their back, that would have been hilarious to me. And I'm like, yeah, but but is it now to you? Like, well, and not only that, so yeah, they're six-year-olds. How many six-year-olds are at WrestleMania weekend? Yeah, exactly. You know no, what I mean? Right. Like, these are hardcore, diehard fans that come from all over the world, and they're not ready to, they're not there to watch a six-year-old product. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's just, it's just the epitome to me of just, just being content. You know, well, it's the WWE. Absolutely. I'm always going to love it no matter what. I'm going to always watch it no matter what. Me, like, that's kind of how I feel, though, is are they even going to fight back? Or are they just content with what they are? We are a wrestling company that went public that is just going to go by the rules and the standards, and we have a different audience than they do, and, and that's fine. Or are they really going to be like, look, we have to do something here, you know? I don't think they'll do anything until it actually hurts their pocketbooks. Right. You know, like... And... But that's my thing, though, is, okay, if you're a public company, you can't all of a sudden bring back the Attitude Era, right? right? So what exactly are you going to do? Are you finally just going to make your mainstream product look like NXT? Is that the plan? Like, look like... Is that the plan? Or are you just going to just, uh, I mean, I, and that's the thing too, is like Vince's plan might be completely awful because if you have a 74 year old man being like, go act like the young bucks, like how is that going to work? Right. Right. There, there is, <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a genuine 
they're up with pop culture. They understand what goes on in this world. They understand what it's like to be a wrestling fan. I, I just don't think that Vince is prepared to face that. You know, even like your Eric Bischoffs. I mean, Eric Bischoff didn't know a lot about wrestling. And what he did know, he just he looked for who generated money. He didn't care about actual storylines and all that stuff. He wanted to see who could generate him money. Hogan, you know. And then the NWO generated money. And what happened? They ran the damn thing into the ground. And then after it was over, they had no idea what to do. Yeah, they turned like, Goldberg heel. <laughs> run into that with AEW. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and part of the part of what scares me as well with the WWE is I feel like every day that goes by that Vincent Mann is in charge and Triple H isn't, Triple H takes one step closer to just being the next Vince McMahon anyways. Yeah. Like, because he's just sitting under that tree. Just do you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. you know, eventually it's just, it could, it could very well just become, well, Vince is, part of me wants to believe, like, the XFL thing is a way for Vince to, like, occupy his time so that Triple H can take more of this on and, and actually try to implement change in the company. But well, and, and this knows? is another thing, too, that makes me warn, wonder about the XFL, right? So we saw the other NFL organization, what was it, AAF oh, or something? Yeah, who knows, yeah. It crashed oh. and burned, right? Yeah. And they were even willing to help out the NFL. So they were willing to let their players sign with the NFL. They were willing to be more of a developmental system. Like, Vince's plan of the XFL is to make them sign exclusive contracts. Who wants to sign an exclusive contract with the XFL for three years when you have the opportunity to go to the NFL? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to get like the worst players there are out there to sign. And I just, I think it's going to be a disaster. I think if you would be willing to work with the NFL and make it more of like a feeder system, then it would be way better. But that's not what he's going to do. Yeah, I don't even know about all that exclusivity. Like, that is that is a disaster. There's no... Because even with the XFL the first time, yeah, like, they went under, but you had a couple guys like Tommy Maddox and stuff that, like, rose above it and had successful NFL careers. But if, if, right. but if they were stuck in three-year contracts and this dwindling company, like, yeah. I I, I don't know, dude. I, I, I really... Like I don't see it touch. being... It's like he's out of touch with everything. It's not just wrestling. Like, he's just, he's Al Davis out there right now. He really is. And there's no way that you can be, like, super excited about Vince McMahon's, like, vision. Like, it's trash. And it's been trash for a long time. And I honestly think the main thing that's kept him afloat is Hunter. And, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't think the WWE is this juggernaut that everyone's making it out to be at this point. I think they're prime and ready to get punched right in the mouth. Yep, I'm with you. I think their guard is uh is down, and it's been down for a long time. Absolutely, and they weren't ready for this. They just weren't. They They didn't expect this coming, and I don't think that they even know all of what it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, wait till this thing starts to get TV. And wait till you watch it 
and they leave you with cliffhanger at the end of the week and you can't wait to watch the next one and they have great matches and great storylines and like like just like it was in the attitude era and then you watch wwe and it's this boring basic vanilla three hour crap like there's no way people aren't going to turn the channel you know yeah i mean but you could watch shane mcmahon on raw and smackdown well he's he is the best uh (laughs) right right the best in the world jesus christ dude it doesn't just doesn't make any sense at all um so bad well something that was good we had the young bucks versus the lucha bros that was on this show so awesome amazing match this was my um i think this was my match of the night as far as like just in-ring work yeah yeah i'm with you um i'm with you and honestly it killed it killed the crowd for the main event like the main event the people were not into the main event as big as it could have been because of that match like that match was just awesome there's so many false finishes and uh I really liked both entrance musics. I really liked both uh, entrances. I mean, seeing the Lucha Bros come out with mask and fire and all that stuff, like it, it's just it's dope. And then the Bucks come out with all the money, and uh, it was just cool. It was cool, and uh, that match was awesome. Like the double Canadian Destroyer spot and uh, the spot where Phoenix um, was like off the ropes, super kick, then like flip over, like crazy and then when nick flipped over and then like god in phoenix's face like there were so many cool spots in that match and the lucha bros were hella over dude like people love the lucha bros and uh i think they're gonna be big stars in AEW. oh yeah i couldn't agree more that i'm a huge huge fan of all four of these guys um and you and mentioned- what i love what i love too is the Lucha Bros, like, they are going to, um, they could both be single stars, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, with the Bucks, it's basically just tag team, and that's it. But, like, man, Phoenix and and Pentagon could both be main eventers. And you, uh, you also mentioned, like, the pyro for their entrance, which is such a small thing to some people, but it's so huge when you see a show like this, and you, like, remember... Like, if you watch this with, like, you know, just a little bit of pyro, throw some fireworks in there, make it fun, versus everybody's entrance in the WWE looking the same. Yeah. You know, like, just little things like that. Like, it just it just makes it, it makes for a better product. Like I, It does. It yeah. does. No, it's, it's, it, it felt like a pay-per-view. It really did. It felt like a pay-per-view. It felt like a legit show. And, and that's really all you could ask for going in, like, my biggest concern going in was I, I didn't want it to look like all in. I wanted it to look much bigger than that. I didn't want it to look like have any affiliation of like an indie looking ring of honor ish type. And it did not at all. So it was awesome. Well, and then last match on there, man, Jericho and Omega, we talked about it a little bit already, but I mean, I thought it was a great match between the two. And I think that Jericho winning was the right call, but they, they, absolutely need to quote unquote protect Kenny Omega going forward. Like he, he can't lose like the next year. So I, I felt like the crowd was kind of dead during the match. And then it was really physical, like a lot of chops, like a lot of uh, stuff like that. Kenny took a couple of bumps that were pretty brutal. Like the one on the table, the flip off the table. And then the, the push when he got pushed off the guardrail type thing. Um, 
And then his nose got broken pretty much right off the bat. I think Jericho hit him with a knee and it, it broke his nose is what they were saying. And, uh, I, I feel like that definitely hurt the match. I want to watch it on TV though. I want to go back and watch it and see how I feel after that. Cause it just kind of seemed almost sudden when it, when the finish happened, like when Jericho hit the Judas and he got the pin, it just felt like Kenny should kick out. Like it just, it, it, it kind of went by pretty quick. So, I'll have to watch it back and see how I feel. And honestly, like when it comes to expectations, I kind of felt like that was the match that didn't deliver like it could have. Um, but I knew when Jericho grabbed the mic, Ambrose was coming, Moxley was coming. Because why would you end the show with him basically just running down the crowd and demanding a thank you and then good night? Like right. that makes no sense. So I knew that that was happening. I didn't expect him. And first of all, the pop when he came out was just awesome. Like, it's funny, too, because it's like it took a little bit for people to figure out it was him. And then by the time that he actually got in the ring, it was just like, oh, my God, he's here. And uh, for him to, like, attack Jericho, attack the ref, attack Omega, and then him and Omega to fight on the outside and then go on the chips and, and put him through a table. And what was great, too is that money that came down from the Bucks was on that table thing. And when Kenny went through it, all the money went up in the air. So it just made it look so much cooler. And uh, it, it that was a cool moment. And then, dude, Ambrose. So, like, he walked around the whole entire freaking... So so he's on top of the, the, the chips, right? And it's funny, too, because he starts using his middle finger, and he's like, I can do that now, <laughs> right? And, dude, he literally starts to walk around the entire arena. Like, I thought he was just going to find the nearest exit, and he just kept going around and around. Like, he was so happy to be free. Like, and you could feel it. He moved differently. He was, like, way more smoother. He just, he had a different vibe to him. It did not feel like, the WWE Dean Ambrose at all. And I was super excited. I mean, I'm marked out huge because it's just, it's such a big name to get. It's such a symbolism of a war. You know, you had a, a big name, a former champion crossover and join this company. He quit that company to come here, you know? So, uh, it was, and it was such a way to end the pay-per-view, right? Like those were attitude era type pay-per-views where you got something like that. And then you couldn't really sleep at night because you were so hyped. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, imagine if they had TV on Tuesday. Like, imagine you watch that and then they go live on Tuesday. How glued to the TV you would be to watch that. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And that's a feeling that we have not had in quite a long time. I agree. And I feel like that's what it's going to be like once their weekly shows hit. It's just going to be like, man, every Tuesday is going to be can't miss. Like, you don't even want to DVR it. You want to watch it live. You want to make sure that you see everything when it happens. Um, so I just, I I can't. And, and like, like I said, they're going to tell you, they're going to know if the show sucked. And they're not going to try to sell it and be like, yeah, you know, we, we really hit a home run when they know it sucked. You know, they had no problem talking to the media after Double or Nothing because they knew they hit a home run. They weren't worried about it. How many times is Vince going to talk to the media after that? You know what I mean? Because Vince can't justify what he does out there. 
So it, it just, it, it's such a breath of fresh air and it's really like surprising that we're here. It just, you can't believe that we're really going to get another company that's like that legit. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Do you think, uh, do you think CM Punk's going to be at that Chicago show? Oh, CM Punk. I mean, I, I've said it over and over again. Nothing makes more sense in the world than him to join AEW. Like, it just, every complaint that he had about wrestling is gone in AEW, right? So, like, what better way to end your career than just sign, like, a two-year deal with a minimal schedule? Just go out with a bang, man. Bring your name value up. Because right now you're you're remembered as a guy that anybody can beat up. You know, you're the joke of the UFC. You're the, like, you can name anybody and they're like, well, they could probably kick CM Punk's ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, and if you went back to AEW, like you're you're on a different level again. Your 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 stock is through the roof, and you get to leave wrestling. You get to leave wrestling on your terms, and you get to say goodbye to the fans, and the fans are happy with everything and how you left. And it just, it just makes so much sense. And if they're going to have a Chicago pay-per-view, like, God dang, dude, just show up. And like, honestly, if he has no desire to wrestle, I think AEW should give him like 20 minutes just to talk to the Chicago fans and say goodbye. But yeah. Like, I agree just, just sure. have a farewell to his wrestling career, at least to where he can say, thank you. Like he, he's not going in the hall of fame. Right. But this could be like his Hall of Fame type speech. And I think AEW would give him the time to talk. So if he's not going to wrestle, he should at least take advantage and just say goodbye. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because obviously, you know, with the UFC being in Chicago in like a week, two weeks, like, and they're, they didn't book him. Like, there's no there's no hope for him in the UFC at this point. Like, there, he's not yeah. he's just not getting booked. So, no. Um, and rightfully and like, so. Did you really leave wrestling to be an MMA commentator? Was that the goal? You know, and like AEW is more than willing to let you work movies, to let you do your comic books, to let you do anything you want to do. And I mean, dude, CM Punk versus Kenny Omega done right could sell out an arena. They could sell out a stadium. You know what I mean? It could sell out sixty thousand seats. They could sell out that Jacksonville stadium. You know, yeah, like yeah, it just it makes all the sense in the world. And boy, what a hit to Vince, right? If 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 all of a sudden I could turn on AEW and I could see Jericho, CM Punk, Dean Ambrose, um, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody, Glacier, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like that's that's crazy. That's that. That is a that is a one that would make him lose sleep at night. Yeah, and well, imagine like the kind of rub, not even necessarily having to beat Punk, but like being in the same ring that someone like MJF or Hangman or someone would like get just by being in a big match with him. Like it's so huge. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, like that, and that's what he should be about. But you know, he's a stubborn man. And he he has gone over and over how much he hates pro wrestling. So I I don't know. I, and then, then like I said, that's the thing too is like he was so ready to get out just so he could leave pro wrestling. 
Like he wanted nothing to do with pro wrestling anymore. Ambrose couldn't wait to get out so he could finally do pro wrestling, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Would I love to see it? Absolutely. And, and mind you, Punk has me blocked on Twitter. Like, I'm not the, I, I haven't had the best relationship when it comes to, say, like, a, a lot of it, I think he's ungrateful and I think he's, he's bitter to a point to where, he he only thinks of himself in so many situations. I think the whole Colt Cabana thing is really disturbing. Um, but I understand his name value, and I understand how important he is. So, yes, I would like to see it, but um, I I just don't know with that guy. Well, if it makes you feel any better, he has us at MMA on point blocked as well. Um, yeah. Not me personally, though, even though I did write a list and put him <laughs> at number one of uh, the the top ten fighters who deserved, like, to fight the least. <laughs> like, he's, I listed him one. I listed him above uh, some really, really bad fighters. But but mainly because, you know, he was making, like, $500,000 a fight and had no experience and was still getting his ass kicked by Mike Jackson and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> Well, what know. sucks, too, is, like, he represents pro wrestling, too. Yes. Yeah, and he's not a very good athlete. He never was. Exactly. So for for him to be able to uh, be all offended and stuff, I mean, I could pick legit athletes from pro wrestling. Like, I'll take my chances with Kyle O'Reilly. Oh hell yeah! A than I would with CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain guys that you could tell that have trained MMA and that they actually might be decent at it. Uh, Punk was never one of those guys, and not only that, his body was just beat to hell already, and then he's going into training. Like, I just ugh. the whole the whole MMA thing is just such crap. Yeah, I mean, I take like Apollo Cruz just by looking at him over CM Punk. Like, yeah, with no with no training, you know, it's just like there's athlete, you know, just that's a whole other conversation, but it just is what it is. I, I do hope that CM Punk uh, shows up in AEW, like you said, at, at the very least, just to address the fans and, and get a proper goodbye. Um, I think it'd be great. Um, but then he's the type of guy that would be like, I don't have to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, there's a reason why they chant your name. And then like Cody was saying that like, um, uh, the fans have never, let go of CM Punk. Like you might have let go of wrestling, but the wrestling fans never let go of CM Punk. So, you know, there's something there, but with Punk, you just never know. Well, and one thing too with him is like, I hope, and this is something where like I've soured on him when the idea of him wrestling based on his MMA run because, like, I want to see him in AEW, especially in front of a Chicago crowd, and I, and I want to I want to see him a part of it, and I will become a fan again, I, I'm sure of it, but it's one of those things where, like, before he left for MMA, a lot of his offense was, like, spinning back fists, anaconda vice, you know, knees, and it's like, I can't believe that now. not very good. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't get behind that. You gotta, you're gonna have to change something about how your your style of work because this the submission yeah, based yeah, and striking and silver fist roll and you're like oh god yeah yeah that's <laughs> um but anyway doug it's been about two hours i really appreciate your time as always uh, is there right, anything else perfect. you want to get off your chest before we get out of here uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm looking into possibly starting my own podcast. I don't know. I'm, I'm 
kind of seeing how it goes. But I think my hardest thing is just like being consistent with it, starting a, you know, cause man, when, when you have a family, full-time job, all these other commitments that you have to do, it, it makes things tough where you're, you know, uh, where you're required to make something. And I want it to be to where I want to talk, but I don't want to be required to. So I'm just trying to see kind of where I want to be. But, I mean, I have a feeling once AEW gets rolling, I want to talk a lot, and so I won't feel as required. Um, it's a, It becomes a chore when you have to cover stuff that is just not that good or that you're just not that excited about. But with AEW, you you never know. Like, it, it could really generate some stuff. Plus, you know, I always am interested in MMA, too, so I have plenty to say about that. Um, side that Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz is coming back to face Anthony Pettis. I think he's going to get steamrolled, actually. I think Pettis is going to win that fight. And uh, I'm excited for Ferguson and Cowboy. I think that's going to be a great fight. Yeah, it's pretty much the reason I'm making the trip to Chicago is to see that live. Like, yeah. I, I'm... I'm really into that. And, of yeah. course, the double title fights. That should be good stuff. Who who you got, Ferguson Cowboy? I got Tony. I think I it's do. a damn it, good fight, though. It's a great fight. It's a great fight. Cowboy's been on a roll, but I don't think Tony gets enough credit for how good he is. And and he's won, like, 12, 13 in a row at this point. Like, I, I think that, that Tony is a... Uh, you know, and Cowboy's one of those guys where he, when the pressure really starts to get to him and they really start mounting, then he kind of folds. Mm-hmm. And Tony's one of those guys that, like, he could be, like, dead on a stool and he'll still fight and find a way to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like at some point that that's going to happen to where Cowboy's in trouble and Tony's going to be able to persevere through his, you know? Yeah, like, Cowboy's, so. had, Cowboy's had some off nights in the octagon and, like, that doesn't happen with Tony. Right. And by the way, I don't know if you saw, but uh, like the Young Bucks posted, your AEW gifts are safe. Uh, please keep them coming. And like the TDE guy was uh, taken down by Twitter for using copyrighted footage. And the Bucks were like, no, like that's not cool. We, we retweet his stuff. We're cool with him tweeting out our stuff. And so now, you know, and the Young Bucks are saying it's cool to, to make gifts or gifs, whatever they're called. Um, uh, of their their footage that's copyrighted that they own, you know what I mean? So like that's that's the total different type of mentality than the corporate structures that we've been dealing with. You know, it's just such a a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, oh, I did have one last question for you. I actually yeah, yeah. I I wrote one thing down for this entire this entire uh, show. I wrote yeah. one thing down. Um. When's the last time you talked to Ken Jones? Uh, pfft. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't at all. Is he even alive? Dude, I have no idea, man. Every now and then I'll, like, go down the rabbit hole of just, like, typing in YouTubers' names that, like, I used to watch and just see if anyone's still making content. So it's, like, the other night I didn't I didn't search Ken Jones because I was never, you know, a fan of his. I only knew of – I mean, y'all made him famous. You know that. But, uh-huh. like – um. I'll type in like uh, I'll look up like PS Power or like Truth Slayer yeah. and like uh, uh, WWE. <laughs> Dude, yes, yes. I'm those ham, those I'm ham and eggers. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, dude, probably. They don't have superstars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh my god. How could I? How could I believe 
this 110 pound Hammond Egger could beat right. this gigantic specimen of a man. Um, the bucks have killed the business. <laughs> dude, you do such a good impression. Um, but but to answer your question, most of them are, are just aren't doing it anymore. Like almost yeah. all of them. Like if you, I remember like MB wrestler, like actually became a wrestler. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's cool. Um, I actually met him um, at WrestleMania 25 weekend or whatever. It was like right when he was starting to be a wrestler. And it's cool. I mean, he even made a SmackDown, like, yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah, he made, he, he's done okay. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, and, and another one is um, Jared. Uh, what is it? True Slayer. Tra- uh, trademark. trademark. Oh, 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 gotcha. He's uh, he's a manager um, in a, a, a New York wrestling promotion. He's um, Jared. I don't know how to spell his last name, Sakelback or Sakel, whatever his name is, but he, he kind of has that MJF character. But he's worked some Ring of Honor shows. He was actually one of the boys in uh, Dalton Castle's uh, entrance at the Madison Square Garden show. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so he actually got to work the garden in some way, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, some of them actually, you know, it worked out okay for them. I don't think True Slayer does much at all anymore. He doesn't. Uh-huh. It's a shame too, because I know y'all had like your stuff back and forth back in the day and whatnot. But like, I know y'all always had like some sort of mutual respect with one another. I, I think yeah, like the well, funny thing is, is we would get into it online or something. But like, whenever we met in person, we got along fine. Like he was, he was totally cool. I, the only thing I'll get on to him about every now and then is I feel like he rides Meltzer too much. But other than that, I mean, I respect his opinion. And if he says something's a good match or anything like that, I'll definitely, you know, take that into consideration and and definitely give it a shot usually. Um, But I don't have the the love for Japan wrestling like he he does, like Dave does. Like, I I, I like it. I like certain things, but it's not like I would much rather prefer an American product, in my opinion. Yeah. But he, I, he is one of the main reasons I got into New Japan, though, like because yeah. of how much he'd talk well, about it and funny, stuff. Though, is like when he when we started, I totally think that he started just to be the opposite of us, like because uh, we came out and then he he started showing up, and uh, he really um, plugged Ring of Honor, man. Like Ring of Honor was his thing. He was so big into Ring of Honor, and then as you know time wind down it's become more new japan type stuff so yeah and i then, remember it was like him and moral virus and yeah, uh and that uh piece of work and i heard that he legit hates me like they were like it's a good <laughs> we were at wrestlemania 25 it was crazy mike too he was crazy there. mike he was he was yeah. actually he was i liked him he was pretty smart yeah and um they were like, man, I'm glad Jared's not here because he hates you guys. And I was just like, wow. And he was so mad that I blocked him. Like, I didn't know how pissed people would get by just being blocked. And he got mad because he used video footage of our video and, like, used our footage and then, like, to make fun of us. So I blocked him. And, oh, my God, he was furious. <laughs> and, like, never, never, never let it go. So is what it is um instant classic brandon i still talk to him every now and then brandon's a cool dude i've met him uh so yeah most of those youtube guys i've met um i never met spinner net 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't call me bro. Oh Whatever. my god. There was uh you ever watch Monoxide? Remember that guy? Oh yeah, Monoxide, which is I just recently saw he was on Twitter and he poses in that Owen Hart singlet. It's a little weird. Wait, but... wait, wait, what? Okay, oh, yeah. I don't even know about that. I'll uh I'll see if I can find his uh Twitter and I'll send it to you, man. Oh, thanks, we'll man. <laughs> like he looks the exact same. Yeah, I think but... he still might be making some videos or like maybe podcast. I feel like I saw something of his come up not that long ago. Um, God, dude, I remember getting in the biggest uh, fights with him because he would get. He was just like Samoa Joe sucks, and I'm like, why? And they're like, well, dude. They keep saying Joe's going to kill you. It's wrestling. He's not going to kill you. I'm like, oh, my God. You're making me nauseated. Shut up. <laughs> like, we all know it's wrestling. We all know that he's literally not going to kill you, but it's just it's part of the gimmick, dude. He's a badass. And, like, he's too fat. Oh, man. Okay. And well, then he was, like, a big mark for Miz when Miz won the title and faced oh, Cena right. at, like, WrestleMania. And I was just like, dude, I just I can't. can't. But he was cool with, like, the ICP wrestling. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the weirdest thing, too. It's like, you'll run into a smart, and they'll, they'll totally be speaking your language, and you'll be like, yeah, and then they'll be like, you know, my favorite wrestler is Jeff Jarrett. And you're like, what? <laughs> 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 I've, had, I've had a few times where, like, we're just totally vibing, and then they're just like, yeah, man, like, I love The Miz. Like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> Uh, like he's gotten better don't get me wrong but like there was a time where if you loved him you know, like he wasn't very good at all so um <laughs> yeah so it, there's it's weird meeting wrestling fans because like you can be on the right path and then all of a sudden you realize that they think it's real <laughs> you want to stop the conversation right there and like move on to somebody else like oh okay did you see the one that the bucks banned the guy that was making fun of like transgenders and stuff yeah yeah i was close by him and he was a total piece of crap so if you go to his actual twitter too he's like he he had a shirt that said bim club and like he oh god walk around and talk about like how bim is innocent and um, he would talk about how Owen Hart faked his death and, like, just really insensitive <laughs> stuff. And, like, so the Young Bucks come out. He's like, I hate the fucking Young Bucks. I hope you break your fucking necks. Like, just total piece of shit, right? And not only that, like, Benoit's kid was there. I saw him clear as that. Like, I was eating a burger, and he walked right by, and he looks just like Benoit. Yeah, he does. I've seen some pictures. Yeah, they're, like, identical. <laughs> So, and I mean, I didn't even need to be told that was him. Like, I looked right at him. I'm like, that's Benoit's kid. Like, I don't know how many kids he has left, but that's that's his kid. I know it's his kid. And um, imagine him seeing that kid with that shirt on. You know what I mean? Like, just you insensitive prick. And uh, so I thought it was cool that the Bucks banned him from the building. And, like, um, they, uh, you know, and then, like, Gabe was like, don't come to our events either and all that stuff. Like, he was just an insensitive dick. And and there's people like that too. So you know, you just you just never know what you get. So you just hope that you get a get cool people. That was a pretty big talking point on Twitter and stuff. A lot of people were talking about that. Yeah, no, he was he was close by. I thought he was a complete jerk when he was there, but he wasn't close enough to really bother me. But I could hear him. And then he went to go brag to some dude about like how he got in, 
And, like, I guess he got kicked out of a group for, for same type of stuff he does. Like, he got kicked out of some, like, Facebook group or something. And I don't know. He's just a total prick. So uh, he, he definitely deserved to get uh, booted. And, you know, regardless how you feel about transgenders or anything else, he had much more to say that was far worse, in my opinion, than what he said about Nyla Rose. So, Damn, dude. Well, uh. I'll let you go. Is there yeah, yeah. is there is there any uh is there anything else that you wanted to plug? I know you said like you know you might be getting back into YouTube and podcasting and stuff and whatnot, but did you want to like plug your Twitter and stuff real quick? Yeah, I mean you can always follow me on Twitter. Um, it's at Doug DCB Tito Four Lif. I need to change it, but I just haven't done it. I don't. Dude, know you told me that I I've been talking to you for like two years now, and even yeah, I mean, you've been like, saying it every time. Far retired and all this stuff, and I'm still gonna have stuff. Like I don't, I don't know. Like it, it is what it is for now. Did so. did you did you change your YouTube channel then change it back, the name? So so like the way the YouTube worked is I I was doing um a thing with my neighbor who I'm I'm good friends with. We watch the UFCs and all that stuff, and like we thought you know he's my neighbor, we could make it work. I can go over to his house whenever we need to get it done and all that stuff. But, like, first of all, I was really disheartened by how many views were just not there. And a lot of it is the way that YouTube is now. So, like, before, if I did a new video, you would get a notification. Now it's only if you hit that bell, you get a notification. So I'm having 8,000 subscribers and only, like, 400 views. I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? And just the way that they do their new algorithms and all that stuff but we were getting to a point where we're getting a thousand views again i felt good about it but dude it's just impossible to schedule stuff like i can only do it when i'm available i can't just be like yeah we can do this and we can cover this and he wanted to like cover everything i just couldn't do it couldn't do it like sorry my daughter has dance that night i can't go or sorry i you know i've, I've got to do this for for my wife instead or whatever like i i just couldn't do it so um I, I really think I'm done with YouTube. I really do. I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. I think I'm if I'm going to do something, it's just going to be a podcast. Because then that way I don't care about what I look like. I don't have to put my hat on. I don't have to put the contacts in. I don't have to worry about the backgrounds. I don't have to worry about lighting, nothing. I can just go in here and vent and do whatever I want to do and then post it. Sounds good, man. Well, have a good one, Doug. It was, once right, again, no it was really good talking to you. Thanks for your time, man. Oh, yeah. Until next time. Yep. See ya. All right, man. Take care. All right. Thank you very much to Doug Bateman for joining the show today, and thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play or anywhere else that you like to listen to this podcast, any of the platforms that you can do that on. A good rating, a good review, it helps so much, it costs nothing, and it really, really helps me out. I know I, know I said that all the time, but it is the truth. It really does. Uh, if you want to help support the podcast even more, feel free to jump on whataimaneuver.net. That is whataimaneuver.net. Find the Fight Talk podcast on there. I got some merchandise on there. Any money that I make through that website, I reinvest right back into this podcast and the other projects that I work on. Uh, that includes Twitch. So those of you who have been asking, I did just jump back on Twitch the other day, did a random stream on there, but I will be on there again more often in the very near future. So if you want to check that out, that's twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at fight talk underscore as well. If you want to check out the stuff that we do at MMA on Point, I do all their social media. That's Instagram at MMA on Point. The website is MMAonPoint.com and the Twitter is at OnPointMMA. 
I'm going to be working more often with video editing coming up soon. I'm really looking forward to that. And I do have some videos that I've written that are available on the YouTube channel as well. And of course, if you don't know that, that's just go on YouTube, type in MMA on point, boom, all the content is right there. And uh, in my honest opinion, I, I think that MMA on point provides the best. Honestly, this is an unbiased opinion, but obviously I am biased. I think they provide the best MMA content on the internet. And I feel very fortunate to be involved with them as well as Fightful.com where I do the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every single Saturday. I believe that they're the best website in the world for pro wrestling. And they do a lot of great work in the MMA space as well. But I feel very fortunate to be a part of both of those teams. And I would appreciate very much if you guys supported those guys as well um, along with myself. So that's pretty much it for today. I keep my Twitter really updated as far as things that I'm up to. So that's really the best place to to follow me and make sure you're keeping up to date with all this stuff. So once again, the Twitter is at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Thank you guys very much for listening and I'll be back soon.